CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in OA, countdown to the Fed as the S&P touches levels not seen since last August. The question is, how will next week's decision impact the market's new bull run? Plus, charting the action in two red-hot stocks, a supercharged move in Tesla and the smooth sailing of Carnival will go inside the numbers straight ahead. And later, cashing in on a clunker. Carvana was left for dead earlier in the year, but now option traders are in a feeding frenzy as the stock has come roaring back to life. we got the action coming up. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action Live from the NASDAQ market site on the desk tonight. Mike Coe, Carter Worth, and Brian Stutland. Let's get straight to it. As we mentioned, the Fed's slated to meet next week for a highly anticipated decision on whether to take a breather from its rate hiking campaign. While the markets rallied this week and the volatility index fell before turning higher today, some internal signals say a big shift could accompany that decision. So let's get ready. Carter, kick it off. Right. Before we look at the charts, it's important to note, of course, that the real data point on the week was the inverse of every week for the last two or three months, which is to say the top 50 index, top 50 S&P was down and then up, but only slightly was the OEX, the top 100, up 25 base points. Then the S&P 500 up 39 base points. And you keep going. The mid cap was up 147. And then the Russell, the small cap, up almost 200. That is the exact reverse pattern we've seen, of course, week after week with the larger you are, uh, the more you've outperformed. So finally, some participation from laggards. But let's look at a chart or two. The first chart we have here is the S&P 500. And what's so important is how precise today's high was relative to the August high. In fact, they're within pennies, as you can see. And we hit our head there and closed poorly uh, for all intents and purposes. The second iteration just puts in some lines to sort of depict the circumstance. And the issue is, do we press above the August high or do we actually check back towards that uptrend line. I think check back is what's likely. And then finally, let's look at the VIX. Um, what's important here is the VIX is almost uh, undone all of its excess associated with COVID. And you can see that there, the line, horizontal line drawn along the bottom. We're almost back to the level we were in the autumn of 2019 before the surge in the VIX associated with the pandemic. Uh, Mike, what's your take on, on these charts and the markets? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is obviously going to be a really big week that we have coming up here. Uh, you know, what the Fed says, I think, is probably what everybody's going to be keeping their eye on, because uh, although we do get some inflation data in the form of CPI and PPI next week, we know that the Fed's preferred measure is actually PCE, and we're going to be getting that closer to the end of the month. And everybody is basically expecting that they're going to pause but with a hawkish tone. And I, and I actually would agree with that. I'm hard pressed to understand how we would actually see this rally continue with any significant strength uh, unless we got a more dovish turn coming out of them. A couple things to think about. Uh, first of all, we're trading very close to 20 times earnings right now for the S&P, which 
If you look back over the course of the past 20 years and you exclude those periods when we were more expensive for very obvious reasons. So in the GFC, of course, there were massive losses at some of these uh, mega cap uh, banks. And of course, so we saw EPS for the S&P decline at that time. And of course, the PE was much higher. And then, of course, during the pandemic uh, period, we saw a significant decline in earnings for a lot of the S&P 500. And so we saw a higher multiple than two. Now we should be anticipating perhaps at least earnings to decline uh, a little bit due to recessionary pressures. And that isn't really priced in. So for me, I do think we're getting to a very challenging level right here. Yeah. Brian, are you surprised that the VIX is so low? That's the the million dollar question. I keep getting that question from people, from our wholesalers, from individual advisors, from individual clients. And the reason being, we've talked about this a lot on the show, is the divergence between those big market cap names and the rest of the market diverging. And so that makes the index as a whole not that volatile and gives reason why the VIX and volatility, the spikes index as well, this low, being this low and option trading you know, option traders basically selling options. And so there is some reason for it to be that low. Now, we did see today, though, the VIX up on the day with the market up. And that basically tells me that either there's institutional hedgers coming out and trying to buy an S&P put on the downside, or we also saw earlier in the week upside call buying on VIX July options. So maybe there is this turning point to Carter's point where you get that reject off this high back down to the bottom trend line. But either way, when this sort of thing has happened where the VIX is up and the market is up on the same day, what we have found is some very volatile moves over the next, you know, call it one to three months. And we're talking about 4% moves up or down. The average move has been up, but you can get some very large moves. I'd be using calls to sort of express a long position in this market at this point. All right, let's uh, turn to the electric move in Tesla. Shares charging up 14% this week. That stock now just a whisper away from doubling in 2023. But if you think you've missed this run higher, have no fear. Mike has got a way to play the EV maker for more gains. Mike. Yeah, so uh, we've been talking a lot about Tesla ever since before earnings. Uh, People who've been following the show will know that before earnings, we faded this with a short call spread. Those earnings were disappointing. Stock fell almost 10%. And then Uh, After we saw those declines, especially more recently after the news that Ford was going to be adopting their charging standard, uh, we actually took a bullish view on on Tesla. And now we've got GM following suit. Uh, Now, a lot of people who are watching, this is one of the most broadly held stocks. And we've just been talking a bit now about how volatility, at least as measured by the VIX, is quite low. But in a name like Tesla, which has been moving so much, in fact, it is not that low. The implied volatility going out two, three months is about 50%. I was actually taking a look at that 300 level, uh, which is sort of the upside that we've seen in that stock more recently, going back to those pre-April earnings. I think if you own the stock, you could consider selling the July 295 calls for about $6.30 a contract against that. Now, in this case, you're going to be getting well over a 2% Yield on that in much less than uh, two months here, which I think is attractive. I wouldn't think of this so much as a hedge, but a lot of people who own appreciated stock don't want to sell it. You may have some tax considerations there. Uh, and I think that it's unlikely to get above that 295, 300 level at any point in the near future. And you still have significant upside if you hold the stock and you do that. So I, I think this is a way if you hold the stock that you can actually start taking advantage of collecting a little bit of premium, even though in most cl- cases, Right now, we would probably advise buying it. You did chart, Carter, the uh, Tesla chart for fast money, but I'll ask you to do it again. And and, and also, what do you think of Mike's $300 level? 
Yeah, let's do it again, and we'll do it quickly since it is um, a redo. Or, or but uh, what we've retraced half of the move. A four hundred fifteen dollars stock drops to a hundred. We're halfway back. There's not necessarily magic to that, but it, it does annotate how uh, much, uh, how far we've come. And then, of course, we're up against a trend line. Um, the three hundred level is right. I mean, today's high, of course, is two fifty and change. We faded. Uh, I think 300 is is the level that makes sense in terms of the strategy set up. All right. Let's uh, turn now to one of the hottest names this week, Carnival. That's up more than 7%, and the move got our traders thinking about the rest of the travel space. Airline stocks taking off recently. The Jets ETF is up nearly 10% over the last few weeks. But can the tailwinds continue? Carter, what did the technicals tell you? Right. So, um, you know, obviously there is a difference between hotel space, between the travel sites, Expedia and so forth, and then cruise lines. But if we were to look at the airlines and there's a great ETF, of course, Jets, cute symbol, J-E-T-S, um, the charts would suggest there's upside. Let's let's look at them together. So it's the same chart with three different annotations. This is one way to draw the lines. But importantly, you can see the plunge associated with COVID. Second way to draw the lines and third and and final way, basically, uh, we've had converging trend lines and we've moved to the upside. My hunch is to play this long. Mike, what's your trade? Yeah, we were just talking about volatility being high in Tesla. It is low in jets. In fact, it hit a three-year low today. So I think you definitely want to use a long option strategy to play for the upside here. I was looking to the July 28th weekly 19 and a half, 21 call spread. That was going to cost about 50 cents a contract. I think that's an inexpensive way to play for the upside that Carter's talking about. Yeah. Brian, what's your take? Yeah, Carnival's kind of interesting because I think autos and Tesla, we mentioned just that, that consumer discretionary maybe is starting to turn. We've been so bearish on this show about consumer discretionary, but Tesla, I think, is an early indicator that maybe the consumer, maybe some of these other companies have worked off some of that inventory to some degree, and, and now there could be some upside participation. So it looks like Carnival is one that's ready to turn. I love buying this call spread here. It's a cheap way to play the upside. If, if Tesla and some of the other auto moves that have moved higher is a sense of consumer discretionary getting stronger in the back half of this year, then maybe Carnival follows along with that to the upside. All right. Um, do not sleep on the end of earnings season. We've got two plays on two names that could still tell us heaps about the economy. And for everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. There's much more Options Action straight ahead. Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Welcome back to Options Action. Earnings season may be slowing down, but not before these names report. We're starting right in the middle of the week with Lennar, the home builder, up more than 26 percent this year. But could there be a foundation of issues in the trade? Mike's got a way to play it. Mike. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I just want to point out that Lennar is actually a name that we own. It's trading probably about 10 times uh, full year estimated earnings. And I think everybody is aware 
that single family home construction has not kept pace with demand. That said, uh, if there's ever going to be a time where this is a trade that could be under some pressure, this coming week is it. So I think putting on a hedge here going into earnings makes some sense. And actually, one of the things I noticed is that you could put one on for a relatively small amount. Now, right now, the options market is implying a move of about 4.8% or so by the end of the week after they report. And I think a simple way to hedge this, I was looking out to July, the 110-105 put spread. That was going to cost me about $1.15 to put that on. So approximately 1% of the current stock price. Why am I choosing these strikes? Well, if it's going to move within the implied move, so less than 5% or so, I'm okay with that for our position. What I'm more concerned about is that outside kind of event. And the truth is, even if we get that, the likelihood of a move much below that lower 105 strike uh, between now and the next couple of weeks is actually quite slim. So I think this is a way you can put out a very small amount of premium, putting on a little bit of tail risk going into a big week. Carter, how does the chart look? Well, we're, we're right back at a former high, and that is, in principle, the setup for a breakout or a failure. And you can say, okay, great, so here, just a coin toss. And my hunch is it pushes a bit higher, but it's a muted kind of thing. You can see it here on the chart. We're right at the former high. Um, usually, you contend with the high before you exceed it. It's worth noting, though, that the group ITB, you'll see that on the second chart, which picks up uh, home builders and other related companies, is not back to the high. I, I suspect ultimately this will get there, but not exceed it. All right. Let's uh, now slide into a software name reporting next week, and that would be Adobe. Shares are up nearly 35% this year, and Brian's photoshopping a trade ahead of those results. Brian, walk us through. Yeah, Adobe's a name we own in our value play, and it's a stock you know I still will probably own after earnings. But I think a lot of people are stuck in, do I continue to press these tech names, these value tech names that have had such a huge run? One way to do that is to use some option plays and use the fact that the earnings are out and option premiums are a little bit elevated. So I've been looking at an option trade in August where I'd be looking to buy the 480 call while selling two of the 510 calls in August expiring. So what I do is I use this basically if I'm long stock at 510, not only, I call, not only am I called away on my first call, but I'm going to call away on my stock position. I collect a net $2 of premium on this trade. So what it allows me to do basically is if I want to buy a put, if I want to hedge somewhere, I've collected $2, I've had that extra, I have that extra cash available in case this stock continues to sort of run up into earnings. But when you look at Adobe, they're, they're projecting about 8% sales growth. If they beat that, I think the stock continues to move higher and I can sort of double up on the way up and you know kind of play some catch up on these tech value names that have had such a huge run. If they miss there, I don't think the downside is huge. I'll continue to own the stock. I'll be okay with that. So this is sort of a press your luck kind of play to the upside kind of trade that I would use in a long stock position to overlay that with options. I mean, if they mention AI, it could be off to the races. Mike, what's your yeah. take on Adobe? Yeah, so we also own Adobe. And actually what I like about this strategy is, you know, you're trying to squeeze as much juice as you can out of whatever you happen to think is remaining. And if you're long some of these tech names, not just Adobe, this is kind of a way that you can get a little bit of extra juice out without committing more capital and taking more risk to the downside. It, my guess is we are probably closer to the end of this most recent tech rally that we've seen than we are to the beginning of it. And so using strategies like this one, where you don't take more downside risk, but give yourself a little bit more juice for those near upside moves will allow you to essentially get a little extra exposure here. Carter, how does Adobe look and how does software in general IGV look? 
for instance. Right. IGV looks very similar to Adobe, mm -hmm. but it's it's the point of a laggard that is playing catch up. Uh, you'll recall we we looked at Cisco uh, a week or two ago in this same light. So these do have legs, I think, relative to the most extended names. All right. Coming up, some Carvana enlightenment. Why the big move has options traders kicking the tires on this trade. And all across NBC Universal this weekend, we are shining a light on people who are inspiring America in a network special. Here's a clip from my story about Jane Goodall, who is still traveling the globe, spreading her message of conservation and hope to a whole new generation. We watch her evolve from an intrepid female pioneer discovering the world of chimpanzees. Back when I dreamed of it, there was nobody doing anything like that to a global icon for conservation. Now, Jane Goodall is focused on the next generation. It's the young people that give me the most hope. Her organization, Roots and Shoots, gives young people resources, support, and tools to work on conservation issues in their own communities. They're so full of energy, enthusiasm, determination. At 89, so is she. Goodall still spends roughly 300 days per year on the road, speaking out for the environment and against animal cruelty. Each day that we live, we make some impact on the planet, and we have a choice as to what kind of impact we're going to make. Welcome back to Options Action. Another big week for Carvana. The once left for dead used car dealer shares up more than 20% after the company boosted second quarter guidance. The move keeping this stock in overdrive. Shares are up more than 300% this year. But it's still a long way from its former glory. The stock is still down 67% from highs over the past year. Uh, Mike, though, this week's move had options traders piling in. What were they doing? Yeah, we had a lot of folks sitting there buying some of the very short dated. Uh, we're talking about the ones that expired today, end of uh, June regular expiration, which is a week from today, maybe some July calls. You know, I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we see these big price swings going on in the equity, but this company is actually mostly debt. You know, if you go back to the tail end of the last reported quarter, I think the market capitalization of the company was about 900 million and they had about 9 billion, I'm using round numbers here, in debt, which means that if the value of the company, of the entire enterprise, went up by a mere 10%, the value of the equity was going to double. And I think it's also important to remember that if we go back just a couple quarters, they had uh, about $400 million in cash and anticipated negative free cash flow for the following quarter of about $700 million, and they didn't have any free cash flow. So there was significant doubt about whether they were going to be able to raise the needed capital. So I think what's going on here is a lot of options traders are playing off of the leverage that's built into the equity. They're playing off the fact that there is a big short interest, so there's always a potential for a squeeze there. But it is also important to remember that once they actually get enough momentum, if the equity gets up to this level where you've got three, four, five billion dollars in market capitalization, they can do a secondary and they can use those proceeds essentially to keep themselves afloat. And if they can keep that free cash flow situation under control, then, you know, who knows? They might actually live to see another couple of years. That is not the uh, reply I thought I'd get from you, Mike, that there is actually hope out there. I think we just lost Brian Sutland. But, Carter, what do you see in the charts in the meantime? 
Well, Mike said he might, they might live to see a couple more years, meaning it wasn't the prognosis of health. He just was postponing the death. Um, look, there, there's something to say about a stock that loses 99% of its value. Uh, you can lose 50 and 40, but the record shows when you lose 90 plus percent of your value, the great majority don't make it. Um, this is bounced. It's tremendous. But look, today's action is poor. It gave back almost the entire move of yesterday's surge. It, it's a gambling chip. Uh, the debt is serious. The question is, is this just a bounce on the way ultimately lower? I would, if you've got profits, I would take them. Brian, quick thoughts here. Yeah, implied volatility levels are enormous here. That's why you're seeing these 20% swings. If you look though out to 2025 options, which I like to do, whether there's bankruptcy or not, the implied volatility there, the level of option premium is a lot lower. In fact, half as much. So, you know, maybe they do issue some debt and create some liquidity and things start to simmer down. Watch that $14, $15 level. It's got to hold above there, though, because we crash below there, then implied vols probably explode even more. And, you know, bankruptcy then becomes a real concern. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks, thoughts on the put credit spread in the S&P retail ETF? 61.55 with a September 15th expiration. Do we adjust from here or so hold or take profits? And I believe that he was referring to the June 16th expiration. So what's your take on this, Brian? Yeah, I think maybe you take a little bit of profit. I, I think retailers are starting to get poised to turn around. We've been very negative on them and pretty much underweight consumer discretionary. And really, Amazon, Nike are the two names I like is holding as part of that. But if signs of Tesla breaking out, Carnival Cruise Line breaking out to the upside, maybe the retailers are next. I'd like to see one more earnings cycle kind of push through. Maybe the back half of the year is when I do get long XRT. So that's why I would just take this put spread off, play it, and maybe wait and see through July earnings and see how some of those earnings play out in Foot Lockers and whatnot and those kind of names and see if you want to get back in on selling put spreads at that point. All right. Our next fan asks, what are your thoughts on gold? Carter, do you still like gold? Well, uh, gold, yes, but I, the ticker, uh, Barrick Gold here, G-O-L-D, not so much. It's underperforming the GDX pretty substantially. But you want to have exposure, and I would do it either through ETF, GDX, or GLD. All right, time for the final call. Uh, let's kick it off with Brian. Trim your Put spreads. <laughs> uh, Mike. Adobe call spread. Put spreads. Like All right, um, we'll tweet this out. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for us here on Options Action. See you back here next Friday. Mad Money starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full options action disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash options action disclaimer. 
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.